podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to the Misery Hunters season preview podcast. I am not Jamie Coburn. Let me make that completely clear. Jamie Coburn doesn't have necessary certificates, so he is only a technical advisor, whereas I am officially the head coach for this season. And uh, any any other questions on that would not be well. Thank you. Joining me is Sam Smith. Hello. Andrew Christie. All right. And Craig Devine. Best or last, hello. Always. It's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much the 18, isn't it? This is the, the most that's been on a podcast since in last season, I think. Since, since we were all in our room. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone been up to much this summer? Kick a, no. kick a ball about now, now and again, that's it. Moved yeah, house, sure. went Trevor to two Carson. weddings. I had a fairly busy few weeks and maybe the last month. It's been very stressful, but it's now coming to a close and I can actually relax a bit. And now some on their back, so. I've only been to one game of football this summer and it was Montrose away, so. I've got I've a, real, a real passion wow. for the game. I've not been to one. I've been to far too many. <laughs> Didn't go to Cowden <laughs> Beef, but the rest of the League Cup games, Dumbarton and Morton. You lasted a full half sitting next to me at Montrose before you scarpered. Which oh, is God, how how rough. I think we mentioned it before. How rough was that crowd? That's the worst sitting one crowd Unreal. I've ever sat in. Yeah. And so down. objectionable. Yeah, just just surrounded by morons. Like from from minute one, it's not even as if because obviously there was nothing to cheer on in the park. Yeah. But minute one. Just the usual suspects in like the 14th minute, knowing that they're in a quiet ground and being like, ah, well, change something up, Robinson. Yeah, get, get, tell the boys to move the ball around a little bit. So uh, that's that's right. what to do. Right? Get all the boys I, out uh, and tell them to move it around a little uh, yeah. bit. I'm re- I was just saying, I'm really worried that I'm really worried that the the effort that it takes Stephen Robinson not to tell some fans to fuck off is going to cause uh, him harm eventually. Uh, well, he did. It's going it, to make him unwell. <laughs> was that not the Dundee United game when McNulty scored in the last minute? He, he turned around and told somebody to fuck off. I think. <laughs> All thought it. In uh, addition to the sarcastic clap. Yeah, when he was smiling and sarcastically clapping that day, uh, he had a lot of work to do to win his back that day. Stubs yeah. I do, I do wonder if three months down the line, when I'm knee deep in nappies and all sorts, that I'm going to be looking back and missing experiences at the football. And then I remember the fucking shit fest that was Montrose away, and I keep it, keep it. If I could erase that, just the ninety minutes, because the rest of the day was fine. Just that ninety minutes of the actual game from my mind, then I'd be a, a much happier person. Diabolical. I mean, God, we're, what we're a, what a miserable opening. Yes, yeah, I mean, this is what you get once I'm back on in brand, the, yeah. back right. in the hot we just, seat, we just want 4-0, get it spiced up. Boys, a highly successful, flawless League Cup campaign thus far. 
coasted through without without so much as a blemish on the record, knocking the traditional big boys of Forfa off the top of the group on the last day. I mean, I think feels pretty good, right? That's it feels pretty good that they, they they did so well and still didn't go through. Because <laughs> we 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 cannot we better them by goal difference. That was it, wasn't it? We, we uh, better them by goal difference, and I think we were what we were ten seconds maybe away from last Saturday being a total dead rubber. We uh, probably yeah. it would have been our lowest crowd ever. I reckon. What was was it Edinburgh City last season? It must have been about yeah, fifteen hundred. I don't think yeah. it was fifteen. I think it was less than fifteen hundred. Yes. Like it was that that crowd was dreadful that day. Aye, but doesn't it, like it doesn't when it counts. Aye, it doesn't. It doesn't matter how you do it. I think at this stage of the season, I think if we were, if this was maybe two or three months down the line, and we're struggling to beat these teams, and I there's reason to be really, really worried. But we done it last season, and we didn't get through. Like. Teams do struggle. Like teams similar to us are struggling to put these teams away. Some are getting beat like us. Some are getting beat four 0 at home to Stirling Albion. And also, some teams are smashing their group and then getting drawn with Celtic anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm perfectly yeah. happy with what's happened to us. I Motherwell is fine, isn't it? It's absolutely yeah. fine. It's I said this in the, the the Discord. It's maybe one of the more kind of boring run-of-the-mill fixtures you could get but then it quite rightly get pointed out the away day that I was after we are absolutely dog shit away from home so maybe aye. a home fixture with a realistic chance of progressing is the, the best outcome so aye, I'll aye. take it I hate to sound boring when it comes to cups but like I'm always I think see the first round of the Scottish Cup that you enter, I get a decent away day go and play like whoever it is away from home like a lower division team see for the rest of the cup and whatever cup we're in I want home ties every time because I want to win the cup I want to get I want to go and I want to have a day out of hand and I don't want to go and like sit away at Motherwell and lose 1-0 and then have the cups put in a back burner front of you you want to get them at home get the best chance of beating them and I mean what is this the round of 16 we're in now so yeah. round of 16 aye I, I, I get day. Or two wins I, get, random, so. I get that aspect. I would have just, I'd have loved a, an ideal fixture would be against fucking Sterling Albion and then I can roll at the house 20 <laughs> minutes before Aye. kick-off and that's that's all I want. I, I too wish that all of our season was planned around your convenience. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. We could just play Sterling in Alloa and maybe cowed in beef every, every other week. I'd be, I'd be delighted. You want us to get relegated, Craig? Yeah, you want us to be playing in the seaside leagues? Just, I want us to win every week, however that comes about. However we need to get there, that's what I want. And it would happen eventually if we were in League 2. I think what's important to remember, I, I, I started to say it a little bit earlier on, big teams do it when it counts, and big players stand up in big moments. And for that, we have Teosi Olesanya. The miracle man. Right, in fairness, when we done the Patreon uh, about the Cowden Beef game, me and Andrew did actually talk him up and said very nice things about Olasanya, which if you went back, I, I mean, like even if you, the obvious dig that Stephen Robinson had at him in today's press and said that people have came back that we would have probably released if they hadn't <laughs> done well. So, like, that, that's, that's a bit harsh, but then that is true. Like, I mean, you don't have a 
I mean, he sat on the bench for six months for us. When he came on against Hearts, it's it's hard not to laugh because of how bad he was when he came on. Got subbed off and then ended up going and sitting on a broth bench for six months. So fair play him for. He's came from struggling in a Friday night fixture or bro versus Dunfermline to potentially being in line for a start in the first game of the season on Sunday. Aye. I think that's the, the big thing that Robinson said a few times. He said that like he, when he does the simple thing, which I think he said that in an interview last week, he says when Toyosi like, gets on the ball and runs at people and doesn't try and do like tricks and flicks, that's when he's good. He's a runner. He's not. He's, he's there to get us up the park and get into spaces. He's not there to do stepovers and He's not going to be the guy that grabs you 15, 20 goals a season. He's probably, I think they're maybe trying to see if they can mould a kind of Curtis Main type figure out him mm-hmm. to see if they've got like a more physical option to get us up the park. And I mean, he gets us up the park at pace because the guy is absolutely lightning quick. He, he gets us up the park, but he cannot for the life of himself stay on side. So what use is it sometimes? But you can coach that. I think he's essentially Dylan Connolly. I won't really Aye. hear yeah. anything different. I think that's he's pretty a, much it. And he, and he filled a role. Like um, I think he's he's come back. I, I think he's had enough time now with Robinson and and the way he wants to coach and all the rest of it. That it's exactly what you're saying, Sam. If you're going to expect him to be the guy that's like turning on a dime in the centre circle and then playing a threaded pass through to someone, and it's not going to happen. But if you're stretching a team and you want someone who can take 30 yards off an aging top flight centre-half, do you mean like you're, you're away playing Dundee? I've got no issue at all with Olisanya being on the shoulder of Joe Shaughnessy this season and Aye. trying to and trying to, to strip it past them and, and do something with it. I think that's absolutely fine. It, it does give the impression of someone that would struggle to hit a dart with a dartboard sometimes. But... I just think there's times... I think... There's times where he doesn't necessarily know what he's going to do, which means that the opposition certainly doesn't. So, right, <laughs> it's so. we theory. don't. We don't. So it's it's fun to watch at times. Yeah, I'm I'm a lot more comfortable with him being about the squad than Aye. I was at times last season. And I think there's others that it feels bad, and I'm certainly not going to like two foot the guy, but I would probably have Olasanya above grief just now as as an option coming yeah, off the probably. bench. I've, I don't know what I, I just feel like. I don't know if we've kind of outgrown what Grieve was doing, or it's just that we've seen him start too many times when he really is just a, a kind of impact player. At I think he level. needs to go alone. I think he, he, he does need to play more more football. I think, and I I don't think we can be in a position where he's starting for us regularly. I just don't think he's that guy yet, and he might not be. And and I like him. I think he's a grafter, and I'll I'll never have a properly bad one no. to say about someone who yeah. just runs themselves into the ground every chance they get to, to try and do something you, you, you genuinely can't fault them but we're so profligate in front of we just need someone who can put stuff away and the more you see of Grieve the less I think he's the guy that's going to do that that's spot on um, we could probably just move at this point on to talking about some of the movement in and out of the, the squad by means of a by means of a preview. Um maybe the biggest one to talk about is the one that was most recently confirmed. Um and it had been kind of hanging over the squad for for a few weeks at this point. And that's official that, that Carson's now away to 
the Dundee. Um, Sam, don't need to come to you if you don't want us to, because yeah, no, this one I probably I, I think the only the only thing I'll say is obviously we've lost a very good goalkeeper, but to be honest, it really couldn't have went any better for us. I don't think I know people are going to point and say, "Oh, we've sold them a sold them a rival," which is true. Like Dundee, us, and maybe three or four other teams are all probably going to be ahead of St Johnston Livingston so aye they're in and about the same areas but I don't think it's like season defining for Dundee I don't think it's going to have an impact on our season that Trevor Carson's playing for Dundee put it that way and the fact that we've got minimum 100 grand and probably I'm presuming about 150 grand in wages over the two years he's got left off the wage bill like it's, it's a lot of money that Robinson can can use on other areas of the pitch it's good for Trevor. Uh, sorry, it's good for uh, Zach Hemming as well. Um, right. I think goalkeeper more than maybe any other positions, just so based on confidence and just Especially having Hemming. yeah, having that that shadow of that situation over him wouldn't have done him any good. So, I mean, Carson is realistically not going to play for us. Whether he was like, it's a wage that we've got rid of. I don't think we've we've strengthened Dundee to the point where we should be worried for ourselves. And uh, it's just I, I'm I'm kinda reticent to talk too much about the situation and go too two footed because I think um, there's probably parts of it that we don't know. Yeah. Because sure. I just refuse to believe that what we know is the reason that this has happened. So I'm kinda reluctant right. to to kinda crucify MD, but I think it's it's a surprisingly alright outcome of a of a pretty shitty situation and I was look at I'm I'm kinda on record as saying he's one of the best goalkeepers I've seen at St. Martin. So goes with the best wishes of of that and I all aboard the Zach Hemming train. There's no um, there's no revision of, of history from from me. He's a, he's a cracking goalkeeper and I, I think we're weaker in the position without him. Like I don't I don't think that's been down on Hemming or anything. I think Carson's a for our levels, a special goalkeeper. But I think what you said is right there, Andrew. I don't I think he'll make a big difference for Dundee. I don't think that necessarily has that much of an impact on us. I mean I think it's potentially a positive over the course of the season. Them having Carson in goals means they will take points off of people. And the more these sides sides that have just come up, sides that are going to be around the bottom, you would think, hopefully not ourselves, the more they kind of bastardize cannibalise, sorry, each other and just take points off each other or have it in them to take a surprise point off some of the bigger teams, the better. I'm I'm all for that. I, I think if, if just having that keeper was enough to put Dundee on a level with us or to, to properly push on and get ahead of us, then we we're probably a lot worse than we think. Yeah. Um yeah. and I would hope that that's not that's not the case. That there's not there's not a huge change to the squad. I think Carson and Maine are the two you're looking at who where you know absolute guaranteed starters all season. You, I'm not going to pretend that Declan Gallagher wasn't phenomenal for a lot of that season. I think he's a very talented centre half, but he was available for almost all of the running, and Robinson Aye. wasn't interested. Yeah, and cool. you know, Simon Montrose, and it just he's, he's either still carrying an injury, in which case it's worrying at his age that he's been injured for seven months, eight months, or he's just tipped over. That that kind of, you know, that kind of fallen point, and he's he's just maybe doesn't quite have the, the edge for the for the level now. And I think if that's the case, it's potential money in the bank, and he's off the wage bill. That's 
it's a, it's a positive. He's, he doesn't necessarily weaken our starting centre half. You know, choices because he, <laughs> excuse me, he wasn't starting towards the end of, of last season. Same with Shaughnessy. Shaughnessy was covering for. Shaughnessy was a lot of revisionism about Shaughnessy when in reality it was a third choice for that middle centre back slot for the whole of the season. And he was behind neither of the side rows. Aye, he was behind Gallagher and he was behind a centre midfielder who happens to be pretty good at centre half as well. And that's just how far that's that's not a slight on Shaughnessy. Like Gogic, I, I think Gogic is really good at centre half. Gallagher's a great centre half. Like it's not a slight on Shaughnessy that there was two guys better than him in that position. And I, I see a lot of people going on about how big a miss that will be as well, but I really don't I'm really not worried about Dundee having Joe Shaughnessy. I think the leadership aspect is maybe something Aye. maybe spoke a lot and you know it's a bit bordering cliche at this point for us, I'm sure. But going right back to the COVID season and everything else when we got into those like silent games to watch someone like Shaughnessy, I think we, we saw a side of Shaughnessy there that wasn't maybe immediately obvious, where just coaching other players through through games constantly. I, I think that's definitely a loss, but what we did see last season was the emergence of O'Hara um, into, in, into that leadership role within the team, and we're not a team that's short of kind of big personalities like that, so mm. I don't I don't think it's like a terminal loss at all. I, I, I don't want to pretend that it's not any kind of loss for the group but in terms of starting 11 I don't think either Gallagher or Shaughnessy going really changes all that much they're probably guys you would want to have around they're they're good professionals but if we can take the money for them that would have been sitting on our bench and turn it into something else then I think it's kind of fairly good business as far as I'm concerned on top of that sorry oh sorry no, um, we've also done really well picking up a a fee for two players that were never going to be starting for us with Carson and Gallagher. That's both both taking in more no. more transfer Brophy. fees than we yeah and Brophy yeah and Henderson as well. We've taken yeah. in more money. Obviously, the the amounts don't get disclosed because that's a stupid thing to do. We've covered that, but we must be doing all right this summer. Um, would they use think this is only really three years that can vote on this? Can we now take Sam off Suicide Watch? <laughs> Are we allowed to do that yet? I, I've 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 watched like enough of him, and I can understand why people are saying like, "Ah, he's done, he's done." I shot myself there. Somebody dropping glass outside. Uh, I can understand why people are saying, "Oh, like he's done okay," but. Uh, not no a slight on the guy, but look at the opposition we're playing. He's not been um, tested yet, has I, he? I hope that he does okay against yeah. these. I, I expect that a goalkeeper does okay. And I think... this, Yeah, this is what's... Sorry, cutting right in there. This is what's kind of annoyed me a wee bit, is that, yeah, he has done fine, but how many shots has he faced? How many uh, genuine shots has he kind of faced over the what the four games? That, apart from the I, one that went in, maybe a couple extra shots. To be fair, Some, the forfeit, the saving the forfeit game at the weekend was incredible, to be fair to him. So. Did he know much about that? Did it not come off the barn then him? Uh, no, nah, we'll back him. I, that's shite. Goalkeepers still need to make the effort to to get get to where the ball's going and keep it out. So I, I thought he'd done pretty well with that, to be fair. But... You've just incepted Sam into defending. Ah, yes. <laughs> See, it's that, we played the long game here. We played the long game, but we got there. <laughs> I think no, the, they... <laughs> the biggest test for Hemming so far has been Morton. And he didn't. He failed. Um, 
he didn't pass it. So I think he's absolutely got my got my support. I mean, if if that's who we're going with, I think the managers and trust in his signings and selections so far. I think Langfield absolutely deserves a bit of trust in terms of working with who whoever's brought in and, and turning them into to something. And he's obviously got talent, right? He's not he's not an untalented goalkeeper. I think he's, just, uh, he's signed three years at Middlesbrough uh, and I don't think Michael Carrick would be dishing it like yeah. long term contracts to guys to then punt them out loan and make sure they play games. If I really play, so. I really do think that with Carson Gorn we'll see a a different Heming. Not that we've really seen we might, enough uh, of them yet, but I think now that he's got that freedom and that kind of monkey off his back, so to speak, I think. Because obviously Hibs would be a, a massive test for him, but yeah. they've got a fairly rapid and fairly frenetic front line. So he'll have a he'll have a shift to do, but yeah, I think I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see, see a, a much improved player. Hibs are a yeah. team um, we've given penalties away against. Before uh, they've got an absolutely rapid front line, and they're, you know, they've got they've got a lot of shots in them. So we know for a fact that he's going to face more shots than he has so far. Far we know for a fact that he's there's going to be more players breaking into the box and beyond our defensive line than he's generally faced so far. So it's a much bigger test. I, I see until there's evidence to the contrary. He's got my faith. I'll, I'm more than happy to see it see it happen and. Who knows? You know, maybe the odds of succeeding are slightly less than I would hope for our number one goalkeeper getting into a fairly big season for us. But until until proven otherwise, I'm kind of happy enough to just see where it grows. Yeah, thought exactly. Andrew was maybe going to go down a different route there and say with the, the departure of Carson, you'd expect to see someone else come in because I I still think we'll I just still think we'll bring in another goalkeeper. I just I, I can't see us getting into a season with Orminski as a backup, and that's not a dig at Orminski, but if he's not going to start ahead of Carson, eh, Carson, sorry, Heming, what's the point in being there? You're just going to ruin the guy by sticking him on the bench for another year. Yeah, when's he going to play? And, uh, I can't hear him mentioned without saying to me, Tapita, either. Aye. <laughs> I, I, I still think we'll bring in another keeper uh, down the line. I just, I don't see as good. I mean, what are, I mean, Heming and Orminski are, Young and goalkeeper, uh, goalkeeper terms are both twenty four. So uh, they both get their own hair as well. Aye, but it, it, it must be a bit of a kick in the teeth for Arminsky to see a guy come in at the same age as him and yeah. get, get started automatically when Arminsky has, you know, uh, he's went out and he's played at Steny. He's played a lot for like the twenties and the B team when he can and. I think he probably thought maybe with the Carson thing that he would have maybe got a chance, but obviously we were out. It's not nice, but then that's football. Like there is guys who have full, who go through full careers and maybe make like fifty odd appearances as a backup goalie. And mm. no, that's it. I think I think that might just be his role. I think um, it maybe not not for this season at all. I'm not getting ahead of myself, but it is maybe worth mentioning as well. I think there's maybe more faith in the academy goalkeeper situation than there has been for quite a long, a long stretch as well. I, I don't think the the last couple of younger guys that have been right on the edge of maybe pushing for that second spot have been close to it. And he's, I mean, he's, he's only sixteen. He's still got a lot of growing to do, and 
and developing all the rest. But I think there's a little bit of excitement about um the youngest of the Kelly brothers, um, who's now our under eighteen slash B team keeper. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's kind of essentially third choice for for the season. Um, doing it's a big uh, it's a big job to hand to someone of that age, but I think um that might be a factor in terms of kind of long term uh, thinking as well. You don't know. I, if the heaven signed a three year deal, he's not going to be Middlesbrough's keeper. I mean, like kind of harsh truth is that he's not going to be uh, number one keeper in the middles were a battle. Middles were a ball here away for like finishing in the play. Well, they were yeah. in the playoffs, weren't they? And like yeah. they were not far away for an automatic so promotion not- spot. So. He's not going back there to be number one. You, mean, you could maybe make a case for him to no. be a number two. So, and him saying this three-year deal, people are talking about a, a longer-term solution. If Heyman has a decent season, there's every chance he's our goalkeeper next year as well. He was at Kilmarnock right. for two seasons. I, you know, it's not, it's not impossible. So, I think, yeah, without wanting to be a happy clapper about it, until he makes an arse of it, I'm willing to assume that he's not going to make an arse of it and just see, to see what happens. And Aye, I'll support him. So that's the thing. So, cheer up. He has my support. Um, this is the Sam Smith test. <laughs> if he does make an ass of it, then surely we just go out into the Scottish Seaside Leagues, pick up uh, the Glasgow Perthshire goalkeeper. If he has a lanky streak of pish. I'll command a big fee. So. <laughs> See how it goes. Oh, you will command a the... box, though, based on what you were telling us earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. No, that was entirely justified. I'll take it. That was great. Um, we've we've kind of covered covered everyone who's who's gone out there in terms of the the more important um names in terms of coming in. We've spoken about Hemming. Um, Bolton is the, the freshest name in, an injury plagued defender just hoping to get a clean run of, of fitness, and he's out for for Sunday. According to Robinson, so. That's it. But then, That's though, Robinson says he's injured, so that means that he will play 90 minutes. So, yeah, that, he'll, he'll have played 120 minutes the night before and then play another 90 for us and be absolutely fine. Um, I think if he can stay fit, he looks like a bit of a bit of a yeah, like, I'd like to look at him so far. He looks like he's not played football for a while, understandably so, because well, he yeah. hasn't. But I uh, looks really good in the ball. He, he chopped a forfeit player in two just in front of us, which was really. Good to Probably. see. Uh, he's not not shy of a tackle, but um, I I think he could. He seems quite versatile as well. He can play. I think he can play in a back three or right of a four as well. So you know, it's, it's positional flexibility that we've maybe not had in the past. And Aye. more physical cover for Fraser potentially as well. Um, Aye. he's rapid as well. Yeah, yeah. Aye. he's he's pretty quick. Which again will probably give us. I think teams were beginning to catch us out with Shaughnessy and yeah, uh, and Gallagher, and I think that's why Gogic did have to play centre half a lot more than what he did. And if you've got a guy like Bolton who can keep up with, with most attackers, and it's a bonus as well. And aside from the fact that if you look at his stats and going by what Plymouth fans said, I think Plymouth fans said if he was fit, he'd be starting in the Championship next season. So he must be good. He must, he just he must be like good. A I think it's more bad luck. To... I don't yeah, think it's, it's like the current injuries. I think yeah. he's just had a very bad, a very, very unlucky run. Like I mean, like even before he came to us, like I think Mark O'Hara had real issues with concussion for like maybe mm-hmm. the last four or five months. His mother well spell. You know, obviously Carson had his like issues documented. Like sometimes it's just Charles Dunn as well. 
Yeah, like it's yeah. just it's un, these things are unlucky and happen to people, and that's why clubs like us can then go and pick up good players in the hope that they do get a wee bit of injury free spell. Yeah, and we kind of talked about it last week on the the Discord. He's he's here to put himself in the shop window yeah. to get a, a better club next season, and back down I'm south, a, yeah. absolutely fine with that. I think that's where we are as a club and as a, a league in Scotland. So mm. it's it's beneficial for everybody if he gets if he has a good season and gets a big move. We've we've got a good season out of him, and it's been been a success. So yeah, it's one that, that it's one that could it could go the other way you talk about like the, the likes of Dunn and O'Hara and kind of coming back for injuries and other issues and they've starred for us and done really really well you sign a guy like Bolton you take that risk and it might not pay off but if it does pay off yeah you've got a guy that I, as you say Sam Plymouth Argyle fans were talking about him realistically doing a job in the English Championship oh, if he yeah. fit so you need to take the chance might not work out but fingers crossed it does that's the waters that we swim in, basically. You, you just kind of need to you need to take that chance sometimes, and if it pays off, then we've got a player who otherwise we wouldn't have wouldn't have had access to. Um, I'm all for it. Um, beyond that, we've got three three attacking options to to talk about. I think um I think you guys over the last few weeks have done a fair amount of chatting about um Nathmani with his sub appearances and his his goals that are, are taken. Um. We maybe don't need to talk too much more about him other than to say I think it's going to be fitness that's yeah. maybe going to define. We're taking a bit of time for him to adapt yeah. to the physicality of the league as well. I think, yeah. but you can see he's got the raw, the raw materials there. To that, there's a player that the rest can be coached, can't it? Seems to kind of be the opposite of grieve. Like he's got the composure and everything else. He just maybe doesn't have the maybe the fitness, but. And maybe harshly, although I don't mean it as a dig, maybe not quite the application yet. Yeah, to, yeah. To I was going to, I was going to be a bit harsher and say maybe he needs the the laziness coached out of him a bit. It, it kind of strikes me that way. I think if he if he can get himself into a run where he's sharp, he's obviously got pace to burn. So if he gets to the point where he's got that kind of longevity and he can last more like a full game, and if he can get his concentration and everything else up to the kind of level of, of our of our game and, and and how kind of rapid that can be, then he's, I think he's got everything in him to potentially be a very dangerous option. And, and I think that's what Robinson said as well when he when he signed him. That's why they were keen to have that signing option in there because might come, might not set the world light, but there's every chance he comes in and settles and we look as if we'll get a real asset on our hands as well. Um. Mandron maybe looks like the guy who's more likely to to start games just now. He's the, the kind of larger, more physical option, the the direct replacement for Maine, if such a, a thing exists. And I think similar to Maine in his first season, he's already split an opinion. He's when we've needed someone big and a handful to, to kind of break through smaller teams, he's done it twice and been very, very handy at doing so. Thought- at the same time, maybe not the most clinical striker in the planet. I think that's it. There'll be games that he suits more than others. I think he's not. When we play, say we play Rangers Celtic or I don't know, the kind of bigger teams we like to play in the counter. I'm not sure he's really going to be that useful in that regard. But again, like we saw against our Broth and Thorfinn at the weekend, when we're trying to break a, a team down that we are seeing a lot of the ball, he's a really good penalty box striker. I think. Um, he took his two goals really, really well on Saturday. I know Strain put it on a plate for him, but it was just a really good finish and his header from the corner as well. 
So I think he's a, again, it gives us options and flexibility. So we're not, I think a lot of times last season, we kind of didn't have a plan B. And the one thing that I would say about is this window is that we've got, yeah, we've got options in terms of how we play. If, if yeah. we have to chase a game or we have control of a game, then I think I think you can have a role. I think we'll see us play a lot more often this year now that we've got a bit of genuine width in McMenamin. But in that, someone who's also very direct, I think Robinson probably will stretch us more often and play with three across the front and give guys like McMenamin and maybe Jameson on the left-hand side mm-hmm. the, the kind of licence to to roam a bit, to cut in, to take shots. And if we're going to do that and we're going to still have, you know, strain and Tansa and whoever else it is, lumping balls into the box, big diagonals into the box, given that Dunn's still in the, the books and all the rest of it, then having someone like Mandron, who just seems to be pretty good at positioning himself and kind of getting in there, has got that kind of slight obliqueness about him where he, he seems to, he's not the most polished, but he seems to be in the right place. And as he gets fitter and a bit more confident, he'll get in that right place more often than yeah, like, maybe be a bit more composed than he has. I, I said that, I mean, I enjoy talking about uh, we're talking about Mandron last week, and I think I looked at his record, and I think for the most part in England, he's a one and three striker, yeah, yeah like League One, League Two level. So he, he's obviously he's obviously a good player. Uh, he played a few times in the Premier League for Sunderland as well. Like guys don't kick about academies and and get first team opportunities in the Premier League if at some point you've not really shown that you've got a fair bit about you. So like I know obviously uh, what is Mandron? I think he's twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah. Look, yeah. it's a, a fairly low risk signing. I, I think by all accounts, he doesn't. He doesn't. If you look at the amount of games he's played, he doesn't really get injured much. He just did a fairly again a guy who's had a pretty unlucky time yet with injuries at Motherwell. And I think a few people were crediting Mandron with how well Van Veen done in the second half of the season as well. So if if, if Mandron's going to be the beneficiary of balls into the box and scoring goals, or whether he's going to be the one that does the main role and frees up guys like McMenamin and Nick Manny to score goals then then I'll power to him. That's we'll get our money's worth out of him. I think so. The the one remaining um, remaining player to talk about then is is McMenamin. Dan, have you feel that we've seen enough of him yet to form an early opinion or is it very much kind of up nah, in the, the ethos? No, not seen it. I think we saw flashes of, of him on Saturday, him and Strain looked really good together down the right. On Saturday, but I thought they combined really well at points. Yeah, yeah. but no, I'm I'm really excited about him. I, I I think we've not had a chance to see him yet, and I think he could both come a bit later when we're talking about the, the predictions and stuff. But yeah, I think he could be a real player for us. Just that, uh, do not play middle wing back, please. Yeah, so I was going to say, I think even in that Montrose game, when when he was able to push forward and try and do what he does. Yeah, you could tell, you know, the the, the Montrose um, backline were, you know, he was a handful. They weren't happy at having to deal with it. It was just that he spent so much time having to play so much further back and watch a full flank. And it, I think we can accept, even on the basis of one one hour long showing that that's not his, that's not his game. And I think if if we do end up in that situation where we're playing a kind of three four three, or something like it, and you've still got Strain and Tanser or. Sutherland or whoever else is we sign on the pitch I think McMenamin in front of that with the freedom to do something is going to be a really dangerous option and I think I thought it was really interesting 
when Robinson described them as that kind of missing piece from last season where, you know, if our system worked and we took a goal off the teams, great. But when we didn't, there was no one there who could just do the kind of unexpected bit and, and unlock something. And I think we've not had that since Ronan, really. That's, mm. that's why Ronan stood out so much. He wasn't necessarily the best central midfielder on the planet, but by God, if, if nothing was happening, you could kind of rely on him to pull something out of nowhere. And I think McMenamin's in for... For that reason, he's yeah, he's, he's there to buy a half yard off someone and take a shot from 20 yards or to slip a pass through that no one's expecting that Mandron or McManny or whoever can can put away. And the further up the pitch we can have him and the less responsibility to to have to do lots of other things, the more we'll see that. And I'm pretty excited. And then, of course, there's the mystery striker. Do you want to just talk for half an hour about who we think that is and how exciting that is? Or, Dominic Samuel. Well, I, I am fucking delighted by the way that that whole thing's done that's the worst thing that our support have ever done I think for, for a long time and we our support have done some bad things between like shouty women and Phil Clark like attacking toddlers yeah slight tackling kids like um, I think the whole mystery striker part of it everyone got carried away with was it's crazy. I've seen a lot of people are kind of beating up Robinson about it. I can see it from both sides, but Robinson doesn't come out in the press and say things like that unless he is 99.9% sure that that thing that he's talking about is going to happen. And listen, shit happens. It's football. Like things change at the last minute. He obviously, I think he, he said it was a verbal agreement with the club and the player. So that's like set, essentially without having pen to paper set in stone that the guy was coming. It didn't. It got pulled away. Who cares? We move on. Like I'm, I'm not asking. I kind of get the feeling that that's happened quite a few times this season. Maybe not to the extent that someone's been all but signed, but you, reading between the lines, it seems as if we've maybe been dicked around a wee bit on occasion, Aye. and it's been a pretty kind of frustrating mm. summer. I think a few teams around our level are kind of feeling the yeah. same. I think I know Martindale at Levy's, um Every press conference, he's kind of saying similar things. It's just impossible to sign folks. So I uh, see. Um, Livingston's budget is Livingston's budget the smallest in the league. Andrew, did they say anything about that? I you think never, he mentioned something. I uh, really only ten it. times. No, as as Mark, be... as Mark can attest at that press conference, we were at, I am far too scared of David Martindale to, to say anything. <laughs> ah, fuck him. Do, do you know that he was in prison? I don't really? know. No way. Ever, yeah, but of a kind of rags to riches tale. Should, should really Crazy, you, would, you would honestly never ever know that, like, listen to the guy yeah. that he was ever in prison. Yeah, apparently, he's tried to see the players this summer, and you know, he's been outbid by other teams. You would just and I, um, before we move on, anything else? Can I use a bit of really cliched football pattern and talk about someone that's um almost like a new signing just because you kind of mentioned them in passing, but. Lewis Jameson, or Aye. Jameson, as folk keep calling him. Been really, really impressed with him for what I've seen in pre-season so far, especially um, forefront at the weekend. He just looks, it looks like he's going to be a bit of an asset for us, maybe coming off the bench. He's quite kind of composed. He likes taking players on. He's just maybe missing that final, final knacker, putting the ball in the back of the net for us. Was it forfeit he had the chance against? And it was an absolute sitter that he just completely, I fluffed his lines a wee bit, but yeah, been pretty impressed by him so far. I think as well. And it's make or break for him this one season. Thing as well. he's got, I think one thing he's also got is the fact he's probably quite pissed off about not playing in the, what he thought he would play last season. You could tell 
uh, when he came out against Ambrose, he was just incredibly hungry. He was really keen to show what he can do. And I mean, uh, both of Nachmani's goals against Ambrose came from him starting a move with Ryan Strain and then him assisting. And now he's looked really direct. He's not scared to take a shot, which is something you always want just as a, a backup to when, when when it's not really working, just try to someday get a wee bit of magic. I think he's best football for Airdrie. And when he was up near the top of the scoring charts in that division, was coming in off the left-hand side. Off the sure. left, yep. So, and that gives us a bit of balance um, with McManaman, who is left-footed but wants to play off the the right-hand side. James is kind of the mirror, mirror image of that, so I think it, it gives us a really nice option. But also there's no shortage of folk about the club talking about how Jameson's finishing is... You know, he's, he's got a real kind of natural finishing ability. And I think he, he suffered last year for both him and Offord being called back and then essentially kind of splitting the minutes that that they got. I think Offord longer term is probably the one with the more prospect of being a starter for us. So I think it's right that he's out playing football. I mean, it's taken a while, but I think it's right that he's now out on loan. It'll be good for him because he'll play more games. I think it's also going to be good for Jameson because now if we're going to bring a young guy on to try and change things or if we have to start someone maybe in that kind of That's flexible done. role, he's, he's there, he's the guy. So I think it, it potentially works for for both. And uh, you know, I, th- I think all of us want him to be a success, right? There's nothing yeah. better than someone coming all the way up through academy level and actually getting in and making a difference in the first team. So I think um, he, he's got everything in him to be a real asset this season. And if that includes, as you were saying there, the, the kind of fight, you know, that that bit between the teeth, you know, I took a contract here and I'm still not any further forward. I think if that then kind of combines into something, we could then, we could potentially see a bit of difference from him this year. Is there anything else you think, just before we, we move on from, from the transfer side of things and, and the preview, is there anything you think we're still missing? And I, mean, I think left-back's the, the kind of uh, obvious. Yeah. Obvious left back and ideally I wouldn't mind another centre half in but I think probably the, over the last couple of weeks the emergence of, of Luke Kenny probably yeah. presenting himself as a, a credible option there as well as Gogic being able to play there I, th- I think I think we're pretty I wouldn't be bothered if we didn't sign anyone but I do think we still maybe need a, a left wing back See I, I still think we're going to lose some people I, I think it's pretty much a certainty that come the start of September, Keanu Bacchus and Ryan Strain won't still be at St. Mern. Aye. Um, I'd, I'd be less worried about replacing Bacchus. I think Caelan Boyd-Munce looks like a real find. I think we've obviously got bodies in there, but Ryan Strain at right wing back is just about as irreplaceable as it gets, I think. And obviously we'd have a bit of trouble. I, I, both of those players would go for money, and as well as the chunk of money we've already got, so we would have a bit to play with, but I think that would be a real a real hard one to replace. The thing that scares me with Strain is, do you mean, realistically, you know, we'd be doing well to get 600 grand for Strain, right? I don't know that there's a right-back, you know, with 600 grand sitting in our bank account, I don't know that there's a right-back that we can go out and sign. Because we're it not going to spend half a million quid on, on a right back, right? That's not going to happen. So <laughs> we've almost got 600 grand enough for it to essentially be limitless money for the kind of level that we sign at. 
Yeah. We could, we would have the pick of players who are, you know, without a club and need a kind of slightly, you know, boosted contract in order to come and play for us, or guys at a kind of hundred grand level who if we're going to spend money realistically are sealed. Who do you think that's gonna be a direct replacement in terms of quality for Strain, I think that's the issue. I think, I think unless it's silly money, I probably have arrived at the just hold on to him for the season. He'll make yeah. more of a difference here than he's more used to us. It would have to be daft money, and we'd have to have someone else tapped up either on loan as an immediate fix. Or I just, I, I, I'm not a scout, right? I'm not sitting looking at Y Scout and looking at all the data, so I genuinely don't know who there is. But I don't, I don't think the monetary gain. How how much did we profit for finishing top top six? Two point two. I think the prize money. Well, I think the prize money was like two point two million or something. So an extra two hundred grand or so from. Uh, no, I yeah. think it was maybe like three or four hundred grand. Like, yeah. you think was it one point nine for seventh and two point two for six? Uh, right, ish, like roughly that. Is half a million for strain enough of a benefit to no to do our chances in? For, and, for I, that? I, I, nah. In my head, it's a lot easier for us to sit and say if we get a five hundred grand offer in for Strain, just throw it out and just keep him for the season because it'd be much better just having him for another year. Yeah. Whether or not the club are going to look at that and go, it's half and a million if he pounds to go as well. I and if yeah. he they might get an offer in, and go, I'm away down south to. Uh, Aye, because he's he's, he's he's twenty six, so you have to kind of think how many big moves he's got left. Like he's not One, maybe two. Yeah, this is his this his next move needs to be something. It needs to be a decent enough platform that he can get one more good move off the back yet. I think. And so he's going to Hearts. Is what you're saying? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I think whoever made that rumor up needs to stop smoking crack because that would never happen. Was it a real rumor that was floating around, or was it someone's? Uh... Dominic Samuel attempt of Potter. No, it was the Agent Scotland or Agent Alba or whatever it was that made That's it up. Some glue sniffer on kickback, wasn't it? Aye. Which sums up the people who are on the uh, kickback. Yeah. I think... I think that Bacchus's move to Bolton was quick and kind of friction-free enough that you've got to assume there's essentially been an agreement there. You know, if mm. someone comes in, we're not going to stand in your way. You know, that fee was minuscule. So you've got to imagine that Bacchus has been told, have a good year and you can go. Strain could very well be on a similar a similar thing. And look, we got a great year out of them and football's a business. So I'm not going to hold it against either of them if, if that's the case. It's not the same thing as Carson signing a two-year extension at the age of 35 and, and then like deciding to leave with the caveat of we don't actually know what happened there, but given they're two guys in their twenties, who, you know, in the international side and everything else, if, if we've said we're not going to stand in your way and someone comes in and pays a quarter million each for them, and we've said that's all it would take, then you know he's going to go, and we can't really complain too much about it. I just wonder what we're going to do. I think given that we're struggling to find a left back to improve on Scott Tanser, <laughs> then expecting us to have a right back to the place Ryan Stranger. Yeah, quite a big ask. Full order. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll um we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, before we get to, to our predictions, which we'll round off this with, we should probably give a little bit of attention to to Sunday's game. 
Uh, How are you feeling? Uh, it was a score tonight. What did it finish? It's four 0 last time I looked. I was oh, feeling sh- more confident until six 0 I seen that uh, they've obviously got Martin Boyle back, uh, which is like what we'll probably hope to get. I mean, and Boyle wins games on his own, and yeah. I think he makes such a difference to Hibs team. Many plays, but then on the flip side, look, they do look very vulnerable in defence. The vol- I mean, it's twenty twenty three, and Paul Handler and Lewis Stevenson are still playing for Hibs when they played for Hibs in two thousand and f- I think it was like two thousand and four, two thousand and five. Like they haven't been great for the last few years. Obviously, the goalkeeping situation. I think is it Woolacott got injured tonight. Marshall got injured in the warm up, so they're so they should be their third choice. Uh, they're down to Max Boric, so you know he's a. I think he was really just brought in as a development keeper, but I mean they're obviously vulnerable. Like we we seen it at times last season. Obviously we beat them one 0 uh, I think what was one 0 and we lost one 0 and lost two one. Like they are there for the taking. I, I just I don't know. I just don't know what to make of us after seeing. Watching the games back that we've played in the League Cup, I just don't know how we're going to play against a Premiership side. Yeah, which is the boat we were in last season as well. Right. And um, having, I think everyone been fairly down on what we were going to look like, we then came out and although we didn't get the result against Motherwell in the first game, we instantly looked like a very, very capable team to play at the level that we were, we were needing to, to play at. So I think it's one of these things we probably just need to let it play out. We, we don't really have the control over it to to decide either way. I think Marshall being injured would be a real blow for us on Sunday because he has looked a lot. Yeah. Ah, he looks just done. Looking at their um, result tonight, after still in play, but it's all the guys that you, you don't want to see scoring, kind of warming up. Boyle with a double. Yuan scored as well. Josh Campbell scored. And then partly Dodge scored on her head kick. Aye. There's no apparently about it. It's actually a very good goal. We should say that. Aye. Aye. We should someone we should he should be the mystery striker, that guy. I love that if this uh, you know, I say if it's unlikely that the scouts are gonna uh, are gonna bring it back at this stage. But uh, I love well. that once they get through Hibs are playing either Joe Garden or Luzerne and are gonna get fingered. There is no two. I'd love to be in that position, though. No, no specifically oh, getting gosh. fingered, but getting fingered by <laughs> decent level European opposition or getting pumped in the mountains in Andorra. I'd love to be in their shoes. So, just to make it entirely clear for everyone listening, Craig is excited at the prospect of getting fingered and wants to be pumped in the mountains. <laughs> yes. We should all be so lucky. Um, with that, We'll take it to the, the point of this season where we ritually humiliate ourselves by putting our reputations on the line. Yep. And uh, I'm sticking some predictions out there. The four of us are here. We can go through and, and each give what we what we think. And I've got predictions also from Jamie and Ross so they, they don't escape. Did you, did you, or was it Andrew, did you win the predictions table last season? Aye. Never. I think you I think you got three right out of the seven nice. that we they asked, which was very impressive. Boyd by uh, Graham Alexander getting canned before the season even started. I think potentially the next day, wasn't it? Yeah. No. It's unbelievable. A pretty exceptional call. And I think if <laughs> uh, 
assuming that you've uh, assuming that you've not changed your mind from which uh, manager was about to get emptied, you could have seen a similar thing again after this Aye. match if it hadn't gone the way it had for uh, for Hibs. But we'll we'll get to that in in good time. First things first, position. I've got what you thought previously, but I'll I'll give you the opportunity to update this if uh, if you want to. Craig, where do you think we're finishing this year? Um. I don't know if I should just go with the full thing that I sent or save that for the, the later part of the this segment. Uh, save fifth, the rest. Save the rest. Fifth, and I'll save the other part for later. Sam? Sixth. Andrew? See, I've said sixth. I think I think it's all about just consolidating our place as a top six team, but I think the league's got better overall. Yeah. But I can see he's doing it. I think six. Uh, I hovered between sixth and seventh myself, having said ninth last year, and and um, having been an, an optimist for the last two decades, I was pessimistic, and it came back and bit me. I think I'm going to say sixth. I think I'll, I think I'll say that we'll we'll hang in, and uh, and we'll do it. I don't think sixth has has been unambitious. Frankly, I think that's quite an ambitious target, given how the the league looks and I certainly don't I'm certainly not saying that I expect it I think finishing 7th is not a bad season no I, um, I, I would agree I would agree it's, it's as long as we are there or thereabouts every season for the next you know couple of years I think yeah. that's what we need to be aiming for whether we you know knock on the door for most of the season and fall short or whether we do kind of creep over the line and end up in the top 6 yeah I think it, it's all, it's all about just not regressing I think we've seen firsthand we're like Partick Thistle in 17-18 and County last season as well when teams get top six and kind of rest on the laurels a wee bit mm. so I think six and seventh I know we've we've finally got that top half monkey off our back but six and seventh is much for muchness as far as I'm concerned like this season so it's just about improving whether that's points total or, right. or whatever just I just just go in the right direction Robinson's transfer activity this summer isn't the sign of someone who just wants to keep going and assume that things will be the, the same two years running as a guy that recognises those changes and he's trying to get in front of it and right. shift us about and give us more options. <laughs> Excuse me. So I'm happy to say that. I think uh, no coincidence that the two who could be bothered to show up have both gone for seven. They can start their own particularly miserable Hunters podcast and just show up and moan about pish on that pair of pessimistic press. Anyway, sorry. Um, it's been a long day. Um, player of the year. Craig, you can go first again. Uh, I'll stick with my original prediction when we done these a couple of weeks back. Uh, Boy months. Looked kind of... If he plays regularly, I think he's got every chance. He seems to be a very yeah. talented footballer. That's it. Um, yeah, we're in a wee bit of a kind of position when coming up this weekend. You've got what, one or maybe three guys that can fill that position. But for me, Boyd Mons, when we've seen him, he's looked kind of every bit the, I guess, the kind of error on replacement that, you know, the club are looking at him in that kind of way. Um, doesn't waste any kind of passes off. And we know that it's the odd set piece. I think he's got a really great range of pass, and that's what we've seen in kind of pre-season or the, the League Cup, sorry. Um we said at the time Erehome was going to be such a massive miss and I think that was certainly something that was missing from us the second half of the season. So 
I Boyd Mons coming in. I think he's one of the guys that if he didn't have error on the team beforehand and then notes the drop off, Boyd Mons type of players maybe go under the radar a wee bit. But yeah, I'm really quite excited to kind of see him stating his claim for a place in the midfield and kicking on. But yeah, bold claim maybe, given the, the season that O'Hara, for instance, had last year, but aye, I'm sticking with Boyd Mons. There's no harm in saying something a bit <laughs> excuse me, a bit different. And uh, Jamie has had the same the same thought mm. as you. Jamie has also gone for for Boyd Mons. Andrew, Neat yeah, taste. Your thoughts? Uh well I'm gonna keep it in the family and go for Boyd Mons's cousin, Connor McMenamin. <laughs> uh I think Boyd Mons is a great shout, but I think McMenamin is just gonna bring that bit of creative spark and that kind of magic that we've been missing. Uh, I am really excited for the season he's going to have. I would also maybe say Richard Taylor, but as we all know, defenders don't get awards, and rightfully so. So, McMenamin for me. Sam, I've got you down for Zach Hemming. Uh, no, <laughs> you definitely don't have me down for Zach Hemming. Uh, no, nah, I'll go for Marco Ara. I think you just, I think as much as Strain's probably our most important player. I think O'Hara's probably our best. I think he's just so he's every he's just every bit the reason why we're why we are now a pretty a pretty good team. And I leads by example, great at both ends, and I can see him being player of the year again. I think he's our most uh, our most productive, most effective, Aye. most consistent player, and all of those things add up to been a fairly decent shout for, for the award. Ross has also gone for for O'Hara. Um I'm gonna hedge my bets. If if we keep him, strain is my shout for, for player of the year. I think he's just stepped up a uh, he already looked great. He was maybe just lacking a little bit of consistency at times last season. Uh, he seems to have just stepped up a gear um this year and matured a bit, kind of settled right into things. So if we can keep him beyond the window I think strains Potentially as good as a sure thing, um, based on on how he looks. But there's every chance he goes. If he does, then I'm gonna follow Andrew and say that McMenamin. I think uh, I would hope has the kind of impact which he looked capable of, and it could maybe be him. Um, next day, uh, next category isn't a million miles away from from what we're talking. Certainly for certainly for Ross, based on his player of the year, it's top scorer. Sam, who do you think is gonna be top scorer? Uh, and I, do you know my original one was Nick Manny, but I now nah, I'll double down on it. I'll go for Nick Manny. Uh, I think he looks the more likely to score goals in the sort of chances that we create for strikers. I think he looks the more likely to score like half chances rather ahead of some of the other ones. I'd probably, I mean, if it's a guy that you're probably looking to put, the, that is the most capable of putting the ball in the net, it's probably Jameson, but he's not going to get the game time that the other guys are, so I'll go with Nick Manny. Andrew, I've got you down for a similar... I mean, it's the same answer for the same reasons, so thanks, Sam. Just ditto. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> I think similar to, to my strain answer for the last one, I think it comes down to Nick Manny being here and being first choice or thereabouts for the for the full season. If he is, then he's one hundred percent looks capable of um of being the guy that can that can do that consistently. As I mentioned, Ross um went for the same top scorer as last season and the same as his player of the year shout, which is uh, 
is Mark O'Hara and Jamie. Follow them in on that. Don't think that's a bad a bad shout. He's still going to be on penalties. We're still going to uh, win penalties. He's still capable of scoring over and above that as well. So I don't want to expect twelve goals out of him or, or whatever it is. But I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against him. You'll see it, it, can't you? Yeah. yeah, totally. I think just to be different, I'm going to go for Mandron. I think we're at least four months away, if not more, from there being someone as a direct competitor for his place in the team. You know, you, you really need a younger to be back and fit and firing in order for Mandron not to be getting game time for, for us because I just don't see Robinson playing without someone who's going to be a big big handful um, to, to kind of bumble about in the box. So I, I think you've, Mandron's got a really good chance to put a run together. He's already got, what, three goals so far? If, um, if we're including all competitions, which, um, which I think we are. So I, I'm kind of quite happy to see him take a run with it and and move. And uh, unless uh, unless Craig reappears off of his closed camera in the next 10 seconds, which I don't think he is, I'll just tell you that he thinks McMenamin's going to be top scorer this season. Again, that's not that's not out with the realms at all. I can see no, that. If, if he lands and does well, he'll be playing. Jimmy you know, spent money on him. He's going to play every week if he's if he's deserving it, and if he's playing every week, he's got every chance of scoring fairly fairly regularly. He's got a real life for goal. Or was it seventy goals or so in three seasons? Ah, it's quite a good return. Ireland, it's exceptional. Right. So, and we're obviously a better a better standard of. Of league than Northern Ireland. I don't think that's too controversial to to suggest, but it's not as if scoring that amount of goals in that league means that you can't then do it here. Glenn Torin, we're playing in Europe and have done fairly regularly. He's not it's not as if he's playing, you know, kind of eighth tier football against Glasgow Perth or anything like it. So he's um he's obviously a capable footballer. Craig, just saying how you think Conor McMenamin's gonna be a top scorer this season. Uh, I actually had down Dominic Samuel. That was my answer. <laughs> no, um, McMenamin. I, if we could fast forward a week to when we were making our predictions, I would have changed it to Mandarin because I think he's maybe already had too much of a head start. Sorry, I jumped away for a minute there. So if one of you has already covered this, just stop me. Aye. Um, aye, you have basically. Aye, oh, Mandarin. Very but, well. Uh, Aye, McMenamin was my shout just based on kind of the, the sheer number of goals he'd scored for that tiny, tiny Northern Irish mob. I, their name totally escapes me. Right Again, the way you smile and says you've literally just said this. No, right <laughs> after Mark's just spent five minutes going on about how the standard isn't it actually that bad. I said what I said. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I respect it. Um... Random prediction time. I think we actually got a couple of these last season. I think a, a couple. Of what, them. what did we say last season? What kind of things were thrown up? Do you remember? Landed. I said that Keith Lazar was going to end up in the dugout again, so that didn't mm. come up. I think I said Tony. Yeah, I think I said Declan Gallagher or Joe Shaughnessy would outscore Tony Watt, and I gave myself a point for that because they technically did in a certain jersey, although he was playing for Dundee United when I said it. Um. Thinking back, I think my random prediction was um, Ryland would be a guest <laughs> at Sutton Park for a game, yeah. so still yeah. a chance of that happening. I still season. hope, yeah. You know, for all we know, that happened. Um, Aye. Who knows? Um, 
I think all of us have been a little bit more sensible this season, but I'll wait until you've actually said what you think. Excuse me, before um before committing to that. I'll um I'll go first. I think now that King Brendan is back at Celtic, Celtic will lose by seven or more in a game in Europe this season. Because wow. he does not know how to play European football. That's a good shout. I would argue that and I'm not getting into it, we're not a Celtic podcast. I think that he'll do better than he did the first time round now because he's got better players. No, I, I agree. I I, I think I, you know, I'm skipping Edra, I've got them to win the league and I, I think they'll win it fairly comfortably. I do think he'll try and play Brendan Ball against Real Madrid uh, or Bayern Munich or something, or something like that. And Harry Kane will mm. never six goals in. <laughs> I don't think that's too wild a, a proposition because he, he's just not pragmatic at all. Um, but yeah, don't need to talk too much about Celtic, but it'll be funny when it happens. Andrew, what do you uh, think? Well, and is it affected by tonight's result? <laughs> well, mine's not a million miles away from you. I, I've predicted that uh, Scottish teams will have less than three wins in Europe in all European competitions this season. So I guess Hibs are just responsible for a third of Scottish teams' wins in Europe. But yeah, I think we're going to have a honking season in Europe again. I can see Celtic getting battered a few times. Uh, I think I don't think any of the five teams will do particularly well. I don't think anyone out with the old farm have really got the resources to do Thursday, Sunday. No. And it's gets to the point where you're already, we saw the hearts last season, you're already out of a group and you're having to force yourself to play against whatever Turkish jobbers you happen to be up against. And I, I think it could be a bit of an embarrassing year. More out of bitterness and hope because we're not involved in any real, real thinking. But yeah, I support you in that. I absolutely support you in that. Uh, I'll chuck in one of the, the opinions that's not here. Jamie thinks a fan will attack a player or official. Um, following on from a fan attacking a player or official's family member in the very season. <laughs> I think he just he's desperate for this to happen. Yeah. I think that's what uh what Jamie would love to happen rather than an actual random prediction. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a calculated thought from Jamie. Yeah, he's just a very violent man. His his predictions are always so violent as well. What was it not his World Cup prediction that like a oh, stadium no. would collapse or something? No, I think his, his World Cup prediction that there was going to like a giant, someone was going to get killed. And, uh, it was me and Jamie that were on. It was just me and Jamie that were on, and I was like, "Fucking hell, man!" Like, we, did we give him the point? We, was that American Journal character? That they were oh, oh fuck! He actually was right. <laughs> right. So basically, Jamie points for is, Jamie. Jamie is an enormous goth, is what we're saying. Uh, <laughs> he's the Aaron Ramsey. He's a harbinger of doom and death. Um, yeah. It's probably for the best that he's not here. Um, Sam, what do you reckon? What's your random prediction? Uh, I think St Mirren will win away at Ibrooks. Now, this is this is what I can get behind. I'd like that. Purely because I don't think Michael Beale's going to do that well. And I think that they're going to lose a few games this year, especially at home. I just think he's too similar to Gerard, And Gerard lost a few daft home games to really bad teams like Hamilton Ackies, like drop points to Coman, like drop points to Motherwell at times. Like yeah, I, I can definitely that's I think that's more of a statement 
I think St Mirren will win away at Ibrox this year. That's not a, that's, I'm telling you that's going to happen. Big fan of that conviction. Um, Ross has Marco Hara outscoring all of our strikers combined in the league. It's not that bad a shout either. It's, yeah, it's not actually. It's only the fact that we're going to have nine of them that makes me that makes me concerned that that might be um, overtaken. But again, I wouldn't be putting money against it. I think it, there's a long uh, there's a long way to go, and Marco Hara is the only player currently there who has scored double figures before. So. Um, or thereabouts so that should be interesting and Craig you alluded to it earlier on what is your random prediction uh, so we're going to finish fifth but there will be no uh, European qualification for us this season just purely because of some stupid shock result in the Scottish Cup final that's just going to do us over so that's kind of optimistic and quite defeatist at the same time so I've ticked both those boxes I imagine thinking you've got Europe until the, the last game of the year. You've got that wee break after the season as well. That would be horrible. I'd, I'd much rather we just get we get obviously marooned in six for the like the first game post split than go all that way and be relying on Celtic or Rangers winning the, the Scottish Cup yeah. final and getting well because also upset. seeing watching that happen to whoever finished fifth it wasn't us would be Hilarious. So yes. it'd be very funny. Correct. For uh, for relegation, there's only three teams mentioned between the between the six of us. Jamie has gone for Dundee. I would assume mostly out of spite. I actually think Dundee will be I don't think they'll be as handy as some people are suggesting, but I don't think they'll necessarily be in the the conversation by the by the kind of thin end of the the season. Sam, you and Ross have gone for the, the same team. Uh, aye, I, I, I think Livingston. I think this is, I think now, and I, I know obviously we were joking a little bit. Martin, they always kind of mum and more about the budgets, but I do think now that there is actually, I think there is a considerable distance with what the teams around Livingston are paying now, and I do think that Livingston will struggle. But then again, like, I mean, they came up with a team that had like Keegan Jacobs, Scott Pittman in centre midfield and Dolly Menga up front and managed to finish just outside the top six so the, he, he's had better finishes with worse teams but I just think everyone else around them has strengthened significantly more than what they have and I just don't think I think that I mean I'm pretty sure Martindale says that's them done as well they've lost a few kind of bigger players and I can see this it's quite, yeah. it's quite a rare thing for Martindale to say he's usually quite kind of siege mentality we will uh, not get relegated kind of thing so like, you kind of wonder will that affect the players like I don't know I'm, I I kind of think they'll probably be alright to be honest I don't think they'll be up trouble in Europe but I think they'll, they'll be pretty safe but that'd be an interesting one I think it could certainly go either way oh, you, you wonder if there's maybe a bit of a just a kind of kind of end of an era aspect to it. It's you know, it's just kind of plateaued a wee bit and maybe this is the kind of fun the fun ending, but they could just as easily finish sixth. They're just a kind of bit of an unpredictable riot to be honest. Um Craig, Andrew, myself have all gone for the the same the same option. I'll leave it to, to one of you to do the big review. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was just being there. 
Praying, yeah, St Johnston. Yeah, uh, they've now replaced Hamilton for me. It's just the they're looking like the jobby that's not going to flush for they're quite some time. In the fan. And I'm, I'm just, I'm honestly, God, I am sick of St Johnston. Just I'm sick of going there. I'm sick of looking at them. I'm sick of talking about them. They're horrible. Your stadium. game as well. Eh? That's your closest game as well, isn't it? Eh? Uh, aye, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd rather be travelling up to like, like Dingwall or Aberdeen or anywhere else than I would go 40 minutes up the road to to McDermott. I just, I hate them. I, I, I'm actually going to, I'm going to put my cards out on the table here. I hate them. I'm saying it. I would find I think... it a lot funnier for them to continue as the team who'd, this team had won the second most major trophies in the last 12 years if they were a division below Rangers. I would find that a lot, Aye. a lot funnier if that were to be the case, and that is a factor in my prediction. I think it's going to take them a couple of years to get over the the mess that Davidson kind of made for them. The squad and that he assembled is just mad. They have nearly they have nearly forty players on the book side. Yeah, they have. They've released still at the last count was seventeen players, and they've still got over twenty on their books. I think I think it's their year. I really do. I hope so. I don't think Kumana are going to be massively better than they were last season. I, I think realistically, you're looking at St. Johnston, Levy, Dundee, and maybe Kumar as your four. I could I could see Kumar being a bit of a dark horse this season, to be honest. I don't similar to Levy, I don't know if they'll be kind of troubling fifth, sixth kind of thing, but I think I don't think they would be in any danger of getting dragged down. I think Motherwell are your team out the bottom six that might push on. I think Kettlewell had something going before the summer. But it, do you mean he's lost Van Veen? It's a massive uh, lost Van Veen of getting him money. To take. Yeah. I think it's an interesting division this year. I think there's potential for for anything to happen really and that's all you can ask for. I think it's um, maybe one of these ones that the way it's kinda of went in the last kind of few seasons, like give or take the odd team is you kind of get four teams that are going to be in the top four spots. You've got four that are going to be in the middle and you've got four that are going to be set kind of down the bottom. I think we've moved on a wee bit for just that glob in the middle of nine teams on the same amount of points yeah. for the majority of the season. But it's, yeah, two or three kind of mini leagues. Next up, we've got the winner. And I'm not even going to give you the chance to, to say it. I'm just going to talk about it. What are we all the same, say, Yeah. I'm just going to say what we've put. Craig says he doesn't care. Everyone other than Jamie thinks it would be Celtic. Jamie thinks it would be Rangers. It would be Jesus. Celtic. It would be Celtic at a canter. I don't think they'll miss, miss a beat going back to Rodgers, to be honest, uh, domestically yeah. anyway. I actually think the idea of a Brendan Rodgers side playing with someone like Kyogo, he would have killed for someone like Kyogo first time. Around. And hand hit at it, and I just can't be us playing them. Yeah. yeah. So, the less said the better. Um, first manager to get the sack. There was a bit of a, I think last year with a fairly kind of broad spectrum of, of answers. This season, there's there's only three. Um, Ross thinks Stephen McLean. I'm going to change mine, and I'm going to go the same as Ross. Yeah, I'm kind of hovering between Frankie McAvoy, who or Steve isn't, <laughs> isn't even really the manager, or Stephen McLean. I think it will be one of the two. Um. Beyond that, uh, 
Sam and Andrew, you've both gone for Lee Johnson. See, I don't, I don't think the first manager sacked will kind of come from one of the, the kind of lower down teams. Like looking at the teams, you kind of think will struggle. So St Johnston and Stephen McLean, I think no matter how bad it gets for them, and I do think it'll get pretty bad. I still think it's because of the mess that Davidson's left, and therefore yeah. the kind of the fans' anger will be at the board rather than the manager. And I think that means he'll maybe be okay. And similar, like Malcolm McKay seems to be a bit bulletproof at County. Um, so I don't think I, I don't really see. And they down there getting sacked. I think it'll be maybe one of the the bigger teams underperforming. And I think and like I hope and I pray that that man is based in Edinburgh. So I'll say Lee Johnson just because I don't think anyone really knows who the Hearts manager actually is. So we'll go. We'll go with Lee Johnson. I just want to make clear that if uh, if Stephen Naismith is named as the Hearts manager. Even if Frankie McAvoy stays on as first team coach, that counts as him leaving that. Uh, that manager's job. Not having that. I just think I think Hibs will go on. I think they'll be patchier than maybe their rivals up there. I think they'll maybe they'll win ten in a row, but I think they could maybe lose a few in a row as well. And then yeah. Lee Johnson is like so year. incredibly unlikable. I think when when the shit hits the fan, he, I I think he he kind of bear the brunt of it, and I I can see him being chucked. As it stands then, I've got me and Craig saying Frankie McAvoy. Mm-hmm. I've got Ross and Sam now saying Stephen McLean. Aye. And we've got Jamie and Andrew both saying Lee Johnson. I, I mean, any one of them is fine because it's quite funny. I think at least two of us will be right. I don't, um, I don't think it'll be someone outside of that. And uh, so we arrive at a new question for this season which I think is a slightly more optimistic version of the random prediction question, I think maybe because Jamie recognised that he was just wishing for death and plunder as part of that. And a monster. (laughs) So uh, Jamie has added that's something I would like to see happen this season. Um, And I'll give you, in fact, I can't give you what Ross said because it was unprintable. Um, So Ross has between now and... uh, the game on Sunday to send me something which I can actually include on a graphic. I don't remember what Ross said. I'm going to look that up in the chat, actually. Yeah, I'm sure you can imagine if you think uh, really hard about it. Um, yeah, I, I, I've just found it because it's above my Yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be honest, Sam, I've also got you as blank in this because what you said in the group chat also wasn't uh, also wasn't includable. So just so that I can say something. Oh, I'll yeah, right now, if you can't, to... you can't say that. I've just no, seen it. No. Yeah, that's that. yeah, so I'll, I'll jump straight to Jamie and give both of I'll give uh, you time to think of something, Sam. Jamie says, whatever this means, he, he wants to see us taking comms to the next level, which is a startlingly empty bit of patter. <laughs> that's a bit, that's kind of media speak. Uh, is that, that's a proper fucking LinkedIn of a post, uh, isn't it? Uh, yeah, he's, he's over there, he's whining and dining. And that is a hype. He's eating ham and pistachio pizza. It's <laughs> mortadella, big prick. And hey, just him and Jake Humphreys just talking about how to make a big difference this season. So, Jamie, I'm going to need you to be more specific or that's, that comment is going to get rinsed for the entire season. We will actualise comms to, to new heights. Increase synergy. Um, to get us back on, uh, back on track, Andrew, 
I think you're suggesting we'll maybe get to Hamden at some point. I think we'll have at least one game at Hamden. One game at Hamden, at least. I think avoiding any stupid mistakes or draws against the old firm, I, I think we could be a very good cup side. The way we kind of set up. Yeah, so. so uh, it's been a while since we've been at Hamden. The, we were a Parkhead draw last year. I think I think that they draw and we gave we gave Southampton Park Parkhead before before we crumpled. So I think if we if we avoid that bad draw, then I think we get absolutely every chance. Craig, you made this you made this like a week ago, and I actually think in the time since the clubs announced that they're doing it. So if if you want to shamelessly keep it in, then I won't stop you. But no, go for it. You've already rinsed me for the McMenamin one, so um, will I read it out or are you? You you go for it. You, you mentioned I don't want anything to do with it. Uh, something I would like to see happen this season, fix the fucking scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> Which is happening just not in time for Dundee, apparently. I tell you, I manifested it. I, I keep laughing at Rossi's. <laughs> I keep laughing at between Ross's and yours, which is two quite frankly, very, very bad sentences. Andrew's hit it with the worst of the three. Pretty happy we're not getting pumped in Andorra right now, so that must have been during the, the Hibs game last week, and I've already said it, I'd, I'd, I'd swap places, honestly. Yeah. Um, so Sam, I'll, 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 I'll give you even more time. You can you can keep going. What uh, I would like to see happen this season, you just wait your turn. What no, I would like to does. see... Right, okay, on you go. I would like to see Zach Kevin tweet me that I talk shite because he said a really, really good season. That that's I, what I want to happen. I want Zach Kevin to acknowledge the shite that I gave him after that Morton game. Which I by think the way, re- I think realistically it's not going to be him though, is it? It's going to be his partner. No, it'll be his. It'll be yeah, his bird. But yeah. I, I want I I want acknowledgement from him that I was very wrong about him at the start. Because I really, I would love him to do well and acknowledge that I talk shite. Which, by the way, when I was tweeting that, at, that was the day I moved out and had a lot of drink in a short space of time. That transmit as well, so you were proper, yeah. proper canned. No, oh, I, I was <laughs> canned and wined at that point. So, aye, that, that's what I want to see happen. I want acknowledgement for me saying that Hemming wasn't great at the start. Because I want him to have a good season, I want him to come out and slag me. Oh, I've just got a text from Ross. What Ross would like to see happen this season is for any of you that are listening to come and say hello to him at games and shake his hand and have a chat with him about something. He said he would absolutely <laughs> love that. <laughs> so if you see Ross, come up and say hello. Tell him how shite you think Barry Levetti is. And uh, we'll be happy to have a chat with you. Very, very cheery guy. Um, mine, I would like full week to go by at any point in this season on St. Mern Facebook, Twitter or the forums without someone demanding to know what Kibble get out of their ownership stake at St. Mern. One week. I would just like one week where that happen. Especially people that ride bikes and do or, the same thing. Our sources. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just, and I don't, even particularly care about the kibble. I don't. I don't, I, I don't care. I just would love it to go a full week without someone. I just don't give a. 
I'm just happy to let them do what they do, do what they quite clearly do very well, and just fucking, I, I don't care. Like, find a hobby. Like, seek Jesus. Like, the kibble aren't out to kill everybody. Like, just, like, just raise a wee, see when you're at Easter Road on Sunday and you're in Middleton's or whatever the pub you go to before the game is, just raise a wee glass of the kibble. Like, they're not going to kill you. They're not going to bite. They're not like, the institute and fall out for them. They're going to come and grab you at your bed in the middle of the night and replace you with a robot. You're going to look pretty foolish when that starts happening. Hey, listen, my you think I'm praising them? Only, only our fans could see a post where the club says a group of disadvantaged youths were given the opportunity to come in and gain work experience and do work for the club. And the people who'd previously been demanding to know if that was happening then start greeting about the fact that's happening and we're not letting local painters and decorators do it for whatever reason. It's just the mind box. But anyway, that um, officially, unless something massive happens, that's the last time I'm going to mention the kibble I've seen. I'll, I'll, no, it I'll... wouldn't be. But... No, not at all. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, it's been a bit of a mammoth uh, a mammoth recording for us there. I'm sure you all had more than enough of our shite. So at this point, I will leave you and I will let the three of you do your rounds first because I have not decided who I want to insult. Uh, I will go first, please. Fuck Trevor Carson. <laughs> I'm just going. Fuck Craig Devine. Uh, fuck Sam Smith. <laughs> Pass it on down. Fuck Jamie Coburn. Jamie was supposed to be on tonight and uh, last minute get told that actually they were going to let the second choice host, myself, get a wee bit of match experience and Jamie threw all his toys out the pram and left the country and said he would never appear on the, the podcast again and is now demanding a move to that Livingston podcast that we're pals with. Caddy's so, um, bank account was closed down as well and went online and protested. He'd got, <laughs> he'd got his family to fly over from Spain and Italy to to watch him do the podcast tonight, so I think he was pretty gutted. Um so yeah. <laughs> on on a, on that note, fuck Jamie Coburn and uh, have a have a wonderful summer everyone season. Goodbye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.